All right. Andrew. Oh, wait, you just went. That was pretty hot. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to podcast two. Mm. I am the professor and this is Barney. Hello, Barney. Hello. Surely you got a sip of coffee. Sorry about that. Surely me. you got lots of you know great praise for the first podcast, did you, mate? Uh, it's it's all people were um, talking about. Uh, I assume uh, I don't know. No one's mentioned anything to me Pur- purely, but I think because they don't want me to be embarrassed. Yeah, by that'd be how it. much they enjoyed it. Now the other two voices you're going to be hearing on this mm. podcast are, of course. Kiwi comedian Nick Ratto. Nick. Hello, how are you? Good. Yes. Um, big response in New Zealand from the first one, I assume? Huge response. Um, it was actually a record uh, listening. Um, uh, it, was a, it was a record for listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> for, for length of time or for, for the number very, of people? One, one thing I will say about New Zealand is they keep meticulous records of everything. <laughs> they do. They do. Now, do you have a five-star, perhaps well, a Kiwi five-star review? We'd well, like how, to start with well, a five-star review. Yeah, well, so first of all, how we measure numbers in New Zealand, you guys have, like, obviously a computer system that does that, um, people clicking in and stuff. We actually, in New Zealand, we say... Um, Jacinda just says, who was listening to this podcast? And then we put our hands up. <laughs> and then, then Deputy Prime Minister Winston Peters notes it down. And it was a record listening event in New Zealand. Terrific. That's Have you excellent. got a five-star review? Five-star review, yes. It said um, it was really good. Uh, and uh, the Kiwi guy was a delight. Okay. And that was, that was from... Um, all of New Zealand. Okay. So, <laughs> so we clearly their don't official have a five, account. Five star review. We are going to try and start this podcast by reading out a five star review. So if you can get online and you think you have something witty to say, mm. leave us a five star review, and then we might read it out. You never know. Now the other voice you'll hear is, of course, Tommy Tuxedo. Mm. How are we going, guys? Very well. Tommy, how's your week been? Uh, very good. I uh, had my birthday yesterday, so I'm... Is that why your voice sounds deeper this Yeah, year? yeah. Yeah, my uh, 28 now, 20. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hairs are sprouting, let me tell you. Fantastic. Finally got some pubes. That's good news. Okay, now, um, the, the way this podcast works is we take an event from the week, something that has intrigued, delighted, something that everybody's talking about, and then we use that event to then dig deeper into the sporting annals, mm. say, each week. Now, Tommy, have you found us an event... I have found an event, guys. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go over to the um, the land of opportunity. Uh, <laughs> so we're we're, we're heading to America. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, sure. Yeah, uh, North Korea. <laughs> um, no, we're we're heading to um, we're heading to America, and we're looking at the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal. So a form of cheating in baseball, hmm. and essentially what they did is they rigged up a camera that went straight down, for want of a better of a term, straight down the catcher's crotch. So you could see the the hand signals uh, that that he was uh, calling to his pitcher. Hold on, very quickly. So, what do you mean, looking out or looking in? So it was looking down towards the catcher. Oh, so okay, looking right. Down towards his legs. And so even... you thought they'd place the camera in his crotch? Yes. I no, that's, quite a hard, that's quite a. No, it wasn't that's a POV. Quite... It was. It was, <laughs> it was straight right. down the right. hand. Right. Right. We're thinking a long lens, long something lens. up in the stands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And essentially, they beamed those signals that the catcher was sending to the pitcher, whether it be a fastball, changeup, knuckleball, whatever they wanted to do. Mm. And it was going into the uh, the batting the uh, the batting dugout, and they were. Essentially, we're hitting the bin twice for a slower ball, hitting a bin once for a fastball, uh, blowing a whistle. I think they forgot it wasn't a dog whistle. <laughs> I think they thought. Um, but, yeah, so essentially wow. they got they got caught for doing that. And it was in the year tw- 2017 when they won the World Series. Oh, wow. Ooh. So it really helped them then. Um, was there like a – do you have any stats there of who the worst person like batting for them was? Well, actually, ironically, even though they cheated and you should know what ball was coming, two of their players had really bad strikeout records. <laughs> um, George Springer struck out 111 times and Carlos <laughs> Beltran had 102 strikeouts. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so even he, though he knew the pitch that was coming. He knew what was coming. I think he likes the deception. I think, I think he yeah. thrives mm. off not knowing. He's still going to hit it. Exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> and, right. if, and when says that might be on the pitches because if I think a fastball is coming and yeah. someone doesn't have as fast a fastball as I thought, I'm going early. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's just unreliable pitchers who can't – oh, he doesn't actually throw a very good curveball. And maybe they sort of almost um, got caught out a little bit by him throwing the fastball and he goes, it was supposed to be a fastball, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Really wind up. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
in light of that, I guess today's all about cheating. Exactly. We're going to look at the sort of the best and worst cheaters that are, that have ever sort of graced the sporting landscape. Okay. Uh, yes. we'll, we'll see people who have failed, who people have done well. So, yeah, it's, uh, it'll be a good... Great. And we're going topic. the quirky and the weird. So if you've tuned in to hear about Lance Armstrong... Um, or Marion Jones, mm. it's, it's not going to happen today. Mm. All right, this is we've, we've we've dug deep. It's going to be some weird shit. Okay, and let's just put a massive allegedly in front of all of this, please. Uh, <laughs> lawsuits not required. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> now, before we get into the actual cheating, I wanted to talk for a second about the psychology of cheating. Okay, do you mind oh, if we do this? Sure. <laughs> no, because Barney, <laughs> I think it's important. Wait, what? you and I have just been on a two-day trip away together. My missus doesn't need you talking through the psychology of cheating first thing. Thanks well, I wanted to ask you, Barney, what were you doing <laughs> when I walked in that room? <laughs> My God, this is more of an intervention podcast. <laughs> no, what? What do you think? Mm. What do you think makes people cheat? I mean, these are highly paid athletes. They're getting paid no matter what. What makes them try and get that edge by doing something, you know, dishonest against their opponents? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think probably partly what makes you... I think to be a professional athlete, you need to be a hyper-competitive person. And the, mm. thing, the fact that you and I look and go, well, you're getting paid anyway, um, that psychology doesn't enter their mind. Right. Whereas you and I look at... A uh, highly paid athlete and go, wow, how fun would that be? You just basically you get to travel around, you're earning good money. That's not how they necessarily see it. They think they're going to be like the they they want to be the best in the world. Well, I was doing a little bit of reading, and I mean, most of us think that cheaters, all of all types, mm. they have some sort of regret. Mm. But apparently, it's not the case because they they have something called a cheater's high. Ooh. <laughs> which okay. is which is they get off on cheating. If they right. don't get caught, yeah. they get off on it. Um, okay. And then the more they get away with it, the more they get off on it. Yeah. And so it just, you know, it just keeps going and going and going. And the only time they feel regret is when they've actually affected an individual. So, for example, someone like Lance Armstrong, yeah. who we all know hasn't felt much regret. I mean, his whole old thing is that, well, everybody was doing it. Mm. So mm. I was just doing what everybody else was doing. I just did it better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See... His theory, the reason why he doesn't feel too much regret is because there was no one individual cyclist that he was affected because they were doing the mm. same thing as him mm. and it was an entire field. It's like they, they say things like, you know, tax evasion and insurance fraud, um, workplace theft, Tommy, sure. all that stationery you take. <laughs> People don't feel bad because you're, I guess you're taking it from the man. In this case, you're stealing from Fox Sports. Yeah. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, so, do, so crimes like that, like, you, you know, the stuff that everyone does, maybe your, your murders or whatever... Um, just, just sorry, sorry. <laughs> we, we went from Tour de France to homicide. <laughs> sorry, buddy. This isn't a confessional know. thing. <laughs> I've misspoken. Yes. So what I'm saying is, so why I bring up the psychology of cheating is, I think that for a lot of these people, they were enjoying doing it. Yes. Mm. And they were enjoying getting away with it. So we should remember that. Getting when we're over. ripping in today, okay? Yes, Don't right. feel bad. I also for these think people. people do it out of the need of necessity, or they feel like it's necessary to cheat in order to sort of save their position, sort of save right. their position, yes. pressure, do something, yeah, work yep. pressure, whatever. They do it to they do it to survive. Okay, so you've, you're refuting exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah. I think what James was doing was trying to buy us license to make fun That's of these right. idiots. And now you're we're saying we should still feel bad for them because they're in a bad spot? Mm. No, not at all. No, 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 rip in. Has there ever been a cheater? <laughs> has there ever been a cheater that's done it just out of pure laziness? Yeah, maybe. I think. Yeah, we'll, I think we'll get to a couple we'll get of them. To a won't couple we? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's rip in. We've got a few different cat- categories today, and I, I thought we'd start with favourite Australian cheater. Yes. Um, which you'll enjoy this, Nick. Oh, yeah, um, very much so. Mm. I'm going to go if you don't mind. Uh, but you got a Kiwi uh, cheat, have you? <laughs> no. There's just oh. so many Australians we, we to choose from. Chris Cairns, or um, <laughs> well, technically, I think uh, he's English. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, my favourite Australian cheater is uh, your bad, self-proclaimed bad boy of tennis, Nick Kyrgios, um, where he took his shocking behaviour to the next level um, with his on-court sledge of Stan Wawrinka. Don't know if you guys remember this. After losing the first set at the Montreal Masters um, to Stan Wawrinka and the two times... Uh, this is what he said to Stan. He goes, um, uh, Kokonakis... <laughs> banged your girlfriend, sorry to tell you that, mate, in the middle of a game. 
I think there's so many there's so many angles to the story. First of all, Kokonakis, great name. If you're gonna choose uh, anyone, he's another good Australian bloke. <laughs> Tanasi Kokonakis, Kokonakis, one of our up and comers. And it just sort of says it's like you're losing already, and then it's like, well, how can I put this guy off off my game off his game? So let's just say, oh, hey mate. <laughs> My mate banged your girlfriend, but he actually thinks that that's the thing. And this is what it throws me out to you. What would put you off your game if you're in mid-show or mid-three-on-three mid, like, three basketball game? What could someone say to you that would piss you off and go, you know what, stuff you? Mine would be, hey, do you realise the camera adds 10 pounds? Uh, <laughs> no, and my answer to that would be, that's why I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> 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 yeah, no. I just I just bumped into Nathan Hindmarsh upstairs before we come down. He goes, oh, saw a photo of you the other day. I, th- I almost commented. You looked 150 kilos. It's so, like, oh, good to see you too. <laughs> yeah. How was your new year? Did that throw you off? It did. Heidi rattled you before you came down here. Oh, yeah. um, and for me, I guess. You uh, don't know you're bald. I'm what? <laughs> <laughs> How very do you? Every time someone comments on our stuff, that bald. <laughs> Who are they talking about? <laughs> oh, it's me. I feel like it's safe to say that we'd all be easily rattled yeah. <laughs> on the yeah. tennis court. But I think it's such a low blow from Nick Kyrgios to kind of go, it's, well, the, like, it's like a schoolyard thing, right? The other thing is it wasn't actually true. It was Because um, he, oh. he said that uh, Tanasi Kokonakis had slept with... Um, slept with Stanford Rinker's missus, but it was actually John Millman, uh, the other Australian tennis player. Is that true? No. <laughs> <laughs> of all of them, John Millman's the, the most... <laughs> and is that cheating, though, Nick? Yeah. Well, his missus was cheating. No, too. no. <laughs> oh, is that why you're doing it? No, I think it's cheating because it's basically you're trying to throw the person off. That's just... That's sledging. This is the this is the thing with New Zealand and Australia. <laughs> I feel like you guys call this part of the game. It's not part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> to bring up personal I, matters. I was just having a chat. <laughs> that's, there's nothing wrong with that. This is the... This is the most Kiwi bullshit I've ever heard. So that's quite impolite. (laughs) That's clearly cheating. (laughs) Listen, if you can't have that, if you can't play a game and then invite that person around for a barbecue, then it's cheating. (laughs) (laughs) That's the New Zealand motto. In this case, if you can't have a central Otago Pinot after the game, then you've you've lost. We've all lost. We've all lost as a nation. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tommy. My one, I reckon, could be my favourite Aussie cheating story. Could be one of my favourite cheating stories also. So it's a little double up. But it's the fine cotton affair, oh. which was also a racehorse. Like, James, I'm going to do a racehorse this week. Okay? Oh, good. <laughs> and when I say do a racehorse, I mean talk about a racehorse. Okay. Yeah. Um, the fine cotton affair. So essentially it was um, an Australian-born thoroughbred um, and essentially it was, it was not up to, sp- up to scratch and it was struggling. And essentially what happened is they bought in a new horse and they painted its socks white because fine cotton socks were white. Tommy, just to interrupt, Nathan Hindmarsh has just come down and he's... Look at that. He's... Pushing his gut against the glass. I love how he yeah. thinks Barney is 150 kilos. <laughs> you must be 350. You guys on? Are you, are you guys on? <laughs> we are yeah, here. We're we're on, on the mic. Come here on, we go. Here he is. is. Join in. Hey, mate. Are you taking calls? Hello, how are you? I'm well. How was everyone's Christmas? It was really good. Really mm. good. Um, solid paddock you were in, obviously. <laughs> Very good paddock. <laughs> yeah. Very green. Hay fed as well. Yeah, I can tell. Wait, you're laughing, Barney. I saw that photo. I told you. <laughs> you straight into me. Uh, oh, it's good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what are you doing in here, mate? Uh, just doing a little bit of preparation for this coming rugby league season. Oh, wow. Early in. <laughs> just, yeah, just looking through all the you lists. You hear the excitement <laughs> in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> just going through, working out those, what you're going to say on your Super Saturdays and Sunday tickets. Sunday tickets. tickets yeah. NRL 360, you're on again? A little bit here and there, you know. The in-depth stuff for me this year, I think. Um, I've really, I've really turned the corner. <laughs> Very good. No, and good uh, chatting. And, and the, the cricket's been great, guys, by the way. Your show's outstanding. Oh, thank you. Uh, so I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> we often get told that people enjoy it much more than the rugby league show because we remove the dead wood. It's what people say. Just... Okay, staring at me. <laughs> 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 All right, go away. We're in the middle of something. You're here. doing a lot of fidgeting. 
Me? <laughs> I've had two coffees in about an hour. Yeah. Oh, coffee. <laughs> you can't log into his computer. Sorry, back to fine cotton. So basically, very, very infamous Australian racehorse who essentially the owners, they bought another racehorse um, called Bold Personality that was <laughs> several classes higher than the race that it was going to run in at Eagle Farm. And essentially they put this horse in. It was the same colour. The only, if, the only difference is that... Bold per, uh, that uh, fine cotton had little white socks. Right. And essentially what they did oh, is they tried socks. to bleach Bold Personality socks the day before the race. Right. They went yellow. Uh, so he had shades of M&M's hair on his, on his legs. So essentially an hour before they raced, they painted, they painted over the bleaching with white paint. Yeah. And as the horse in the mounting yard started sweating and sort of getting hyped up for the, for the race, they, they saw that the ringing horse's feet was dripping off. Uh, so the little white socks that they'd painted off had started yeah. running. Oh, and oh essentially, my. it was very funny because this was, it was a, th a fine cotton was a 30 to 1 outsider and everybody just started putting money on it. All these people that knew about this, this hoodwinking <laughs> started putting money on it. And the reason why I got caught is because fine cotton, who was like several classes lower in this race, yeah. essentially went from 30 to 1 to like 3 to 1 yeah. in before they even got into the barriers. And essentially all these people just cleaned up but wow. after after the race was all all done and dusted, they found that as he was walking back to the stables, the white paint had was like leaving a trail on the ground behind the horse. So they they got caught for uh, for putting a, a different horse in horse how, racing. How quick do you cash your ticket? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Because <laughs> what happens? Do you have to pay your money back if you? What, what happens with that? Good luck if you've I gone to an SP book. You know what? Here. I'd imagine. I, I believe I didn't actually get into that sort of information, but I no, imagine sorry. they. I imagine they found out the Queensland Turf Club. Pretty much straight away after the race had concluded, they awarded the second place winner oh. uh, first place. Yeah. So they, pretty much as the race was going, they knew something was up. Yeah. So none of those tickets because, were being cashed. And then because they don't usually leave trails of paint. Down <laughs> no. Yeah. See, horse <laughs> racing is a beauty for cheating. Oh, like, yeah. out of every, I mean, I, I read one yesterday of a guy in an American race and the race course was so covered with fog that the cameras couldn't see the horses once they got out of the starting post until they got back round to the finish. Mm. So what this guy did, realising that was, race takes off, he gets to a point where he's unsighted, then reverses his horse yeah. 200 metres up to the track to the other spot where it's unsighted, then when he hears the horses about 15 metres behind him, takes off, wins the race, gets awarded <laughs> everything. But then he got, he got called back on it because the horse wasn't sweating, the horse wasn't panting, yeah. the, like... The horse had no mud on its hooves. They thought it was and, a super horse. Yeah, and the fact that the, the guy could actually put it into reverse. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it wasn't a horse. It was a motorbike. Yeah. The horse well, I, I want to go from that to my favourite cheating story, if I can, because it's a yeah, very yeah. similar story. This okay. is the story of a Rosie Ruiz who oh, was yes. in 1980. The, the, it's, hey, mate, what are you? I know this story. Oh, you know the story. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So in the 1980 Boston Marathon, mm. Rosie, in only her second marathon ever, won the race in a time of two hours, 32 minutes and 56 seconds, which at the time was the fastest time ever by a female in a Boston marathon and the third fastest time ever recorded by a woman in a marathon, right? Mm. Now, the other thing was she, in her first marathon, she ran it which was in the New York Marathon, she ran it in two hours and 56 minutes. Which is nothing to be sneezed at. That's a, that's a reasonable time for your 42K. Yeah, this she's a cheat, mate. She, she, that's the, <laughs> see how I've got favourite cheating stories. Don't, she, be, impressed, don't be impressed by that. I said, no. <laughs> You're saying she cheated in both of them? She did. Yes. <laughs> she didn't run either of them. No. So, the only so, difference is she missed the... <laughs> well, I've got it here. So she crosses the line in Boston. All the media run around her. And this is the first interview she gives. Phil, I've got some audio here. If you could pop oh, this on. Here we go. Two hours and 56 minutes to two hours and 31 minutes. What, what, so. what do you attribute that improvement in time to? Um, I don't know. Uh, have you been doing a lot of heavy intervals? Um, someone else asked me that. I'm not sure what intervals are. <laughs> what are they? <laughs> well, intervals are, are track workouts that are designed to make your speed improve dramatically. And if you went from a 256 to a 231, one would normally expect that you do a lot of speed work. Is, is someone coaching you or advising you? 
no, I advise myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a fantastic performance, Rosie. Congratulations. Rosie Ruiz, the mystery woman winner. We missed her at all our checkpoints. She came through at the finish in a fantastic 2.31. We have to confirm that time at this point. But she was way ahead of the world-class field here today in the Boston Marathon. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you. All right, so a few things to unpack right. there. She didn't know what intervals are. Yeah, right. All right, so in running, intervals, it's obviously a, a training method. Yeah. It's yeah. like a cricketer not knowing what the cricket nets are. Yeah, right. Like it's really, yeah. it's yeah. really dumb. Yeah. And then the other thing is, the, as, the, um, as the interviewer said, we missed you at all our checkpoints. I think that's yeah. the best line ever. Yeah. So She's going too fast. We didn't see her at well, any of the yeah, well, And it wasn't just her. So all the officials came out and said, yeah, we didn't see her at any of the, che any of the checkpoints. They still put the wreath over her. Yeah. They still gave her the cash. Wow, well, there's no need to doubt someone. Yeah. Just because, what, you're going to accuse her of cheating? Just because yeah. she comes out of nowhere, has no idea what she Finishes 15 <laughs> minutes in front of any other woman yeah. in the field. Yeah. She uh, was wearing high heels too, which I thought was <laughs> <laughs> Well, funnily enough, the guy, that, the guy that won the male version of the race, he his comment, they asked him about it, and the only thing he said was, well, her legs weren't really defined like marathon runners. Because oh, she goes, oh, I know, disgusting. body shame. Yeah, body she, shame. So she, did, she didn't look like a marathon runner at, well, at all. She wasn't, again, she wasn't sweating. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't panting. She wasn't out of breath. Yeah. Um, and then so they accused she, her of cheating. She had a dog with her? <laughs> <laughs> so she then the next day, she's joined a running club a couple of days before in Boston, just a couple of days. They then throw <laughs> the a press conference. Need. They throw a press conference for her because she wants to come out and basically profess her innocence, right. all right? And this is what she said. I do not believe that there is enough coverage for women in any other races. I believe that maybe after this, whether you prove me guilty or not, which I am not, <laughs> there will be more coverage of women crossing the finish line during 26 miles. It's not fair. Ruiz declined right, the offer so of the New York well, Basically, she said, if you find me guilty... Oh, which you won't, sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it is the most guilty statement from a guilty person I've ever heard in my life. So... Oh. To, to finish, you, you said her time in the New York Marathon. Yes. That's good. Okay, so afterward it came out, in the New York Marathon there was a freelance photographer photog photographer yes. that was getting off a train who basically helped Rosie Ruiz up the stairs. <laughs> Which in, often marathon runners need help with stairs. Well, in, in her marathon outfit and like halfway through the race. So she's caught the train wow. the whole way around New York. <laughs> then in Boston, she hasn't even done that. So she hasn't yeah. even started in Boston. Basically, there was two Harvard students that saw her but jump out of the crowd and then just start running. Oh, that's, that's great. I thought you were going to say you could put down her improvement in time just to better public transport. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better system in Boston. That's yeah. all it is. So two interesting points here. That oh, here we go. He's going to one-up me here. No, no, hell. no. So after proclaiming that she was innocent for a long time, in 2002 she finally said to an acquaintance, I believe, guy called Steve Marek, mm. that she admitted a few months after the race that she had cheated, recalling that she jumped out of the crowd not knowing the first woman hadn't gone by yet. Oh, Believe God. me, she was shocked <laughs> as anyone. She came first. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 1982, Ruiz was arrested for embezzling $60,000 for a real estate company she worked for in South Florida. Yeah. Wow. So Not she's a, good a great person. person. Well, no, the way she got into the New York Marathon, because she actually forgot to put in her application. And she right. forgot, so she rang the, the organisers of it and said she had terminal cancer and that her last dying wish was to run in the New York Marathon. They wow. went, well, we've got to let her run. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, so she... So what you're saying is she's, well, she's a bit of a liar. Here's a twist. Yeah. 2002, she died of cancer. Oh. So she wasn't lying completely. But even when she died, some Not of her... funny, Nick. No, even when she died, some of her friends were like, mm, did she? Is she dead? Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, wow. It was anyway, a shock to her. That's Rosie Ruiz. That's my favourite cheating What story. was crazy was the funeral. They all turned up already in the grave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got to tell you, my favourite also in the, in the US, um, we all remember... Uh, 2001, I think we'll remember it for one thing, and that was the Little League World Series. Of course. <laughs> what a Little League World Series it was. Third place Bronx team had a uh, player by the name of Danny Altamont who'd moved to the Bronx uh, a little, uh, I think, a year before from the Dominican. And um, his nickname was Little Unit. Uh, <laughs> 12 years old. So 12 years old is all the um, is Little mm -hmm. League. And this kid's standing five foot eight tall. 
Oh, um, mate, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so he's a little bit taller than you. Um, he's, he's five foot eight tall, throws a 76 mile an hour fastball, which is, uh, that's about um, a 122k an hour for uh, for people on yeah, the metric right. system. Right. Um, which is the equivalent too because the, the pitching distance is shorter in Little League than it is in, uh, in in men's baseball. So that's the equivalent of a 102-mile-an-hour fastball in the big leagues. Wow. Um, throws, not surprisingly, throws a couple of uh, no-hitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, rumours. Rumours around. Like, is this all above board, guys? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. Uh, so a uh, team from Staten Island, one of their... Um, one of their opponents and uh, another team from New Jersey, both hire private investigators. Of course you do. Yeah. To sort of look into this. Um, is they, is uh, this all above board? Are they kids as well? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think this this whole thing plays out as just kids. Yeah. They've got the guys from Spy Kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, well, they're the best. They've got their own series. So investigations uh, going, uh, turns out, he was 14, not 12, so oh. a full two years older than the kids he was playing against. Um, one of the things I love about this story is not only um, is that he was he was two years older, but the, the little giveaways, like the fact he drove himself to the games, yeah. Um, yeah. he'd often have a smoke break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But even still at 14, he's throwing a ball that fast. Yeah, you've got to remember the difference between a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. So a 14-year-old... I don't know the difference. In terms, in terms of <laughs> that age when some kids... Grow. Um, the average, so he was five foot eight, which is 173 centimetres, just around 173 centimetres. The average 12 year old, I looked this up, is somewhere between 155 and 160 centimetres. So he's almost 20 centimetres taller, bigger, stronger than these kids. It's still very fast. Uh, it's still a, a very good. Um, fastball. He played some mi- minor league ball now. He's uh, he's currently, I believe, an assistant coach at his old high school <laughs> team. Oh, um, play, play a coach. He, he tried <laughs> to make the major leagues and went through like the minor league system, but he ended up that the only thing he could do was pitch, and he threw his arm out at a young age such so many times that he couldn't pitch anymore because his 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 elbow was so yeah, bugged right. up. Mm. Which is pretty common, I think, mm. uh, with with pitches coming through. But um, one of my favourite things about this is just shows how mental Americans can be for sport. Mm. So two, two two separate teams hire private investigators. Couldn't turn anything up. Sports Illustrated, we all know the publication Sports, sends investigators down to the Dominican Republic. Were they in their bikinis? <laughs> I, I didn't say. Um, <laughs> I don't think it was that issue, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and to, yeah, and basically, <laughs> bikini investigators. This That's is an amazing good. story. That is like. good. <laughs> but then their dad, he, his dad, protested the innocence on on Good Morning America. This was a national news story wow. about whether so whether the, the or not dad's this, lying about how. Oh, the, the kid dad. Is? Yeah, the dad was. Um, the dad was basically. The, the guilty party in all of this. He, right. he got banned uh, for life from Little League, which as a, you know, as a 40-year-old man, that's devastating. Well, that's a, dr- that's a dream, isn't it? Not having to go to a Saturday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you think the whole thing was set up. <laughs> yeah, so his old man could go to the golf range. Exactly, yeah. Finally Look, have a Saturday morning's back. <laughs> Mate, I'd love to come watch your game, but you, you know what happened? Uh, you got me banned, son. <laughs> you know the scandal that went on yeah. for a year? <laughs> yeah. Finally but got my year back. My favourite bit of trivia even was uh, even was um, the uh, inspiration for an episode of Law & Order called Foul Play. <laughs> wow, <laughs> there you go. Dung, dung. <laughs> there you go, very good. Um, I'll just do mine quickly. Favourite story, favourite cheating story. Uh, it was pay for pain. The New Orleans Saints, the American football team, they uh, their off- uh, defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, and a lot of the defensive players put their money together and, and clubs' money and all that sort of stuff, and they essentially put bounties on people's heads. So essentially they were going into games and they put a 10000 an example of this, they put a $10,000 US dollar bounty on Brett Favre, the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings at the time. Mm. Uh, they put a bounty on his head and who, whichever defensive player for the New Orleans Saints that went out there and, and essentially injured Brett Favre to the point oh. where he had to come mm. off, uh, he got the $10,000 bounty. And they did it the whole way through the, uh, through the, the 2012 season and 2011 season. 
and uh, there was there was one player who was an absolute gun, and I think he pretty much made a third of his contract by by putting people out of the game. So it was a it was like a it was like a modern day version of the Tonya Harding sort of wow. sort of. Um, sort of kneecapping scandal, what I guess. Would, yeah, if when during competition you skated on and kneecapped yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what would What would be your go-to move in that? Because I think that's harder than it seems, like to go out and intentionally injure someone. Um, go for a... What would you do? Probably knee in the groin. But that's only a partial... In, oh, I see, I guess Is it a partial injury? Well, I guess let's, it gets you okay. off the game. Let's yeah, uh, Nick, stand up. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do a little experiment. <laughs> yeah, let's see how far you what I do. They probably, knowing NFL, they are probably just trying to take their heads off, were they? Just helmet on head. You know what they're like over there. Well, I reckon when you grab the face mask and try and turn the head the, the, the other way around. Pop basically. the head off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a permanent off. Like just a permanent injury. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You're like right. a little nipple, nipple griffle or something like that. <laughs> they probably like that. <laughs> <laughs> That is oh, so Kiwi again. <laughs> He's oh, my God. Look at that. He's twisted arm. the skin on his arm. <laughs> I'd score a touchdown oh. if someone grabbed my nipple. <laughs> <laughs> We're on here, boys. Uh, oh, look at that. Tommy's signalling for an extra point. Uh, you want to go? Who, me next? Okay. Yeah. Cheaters we, that never prospered and were run out of the game. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Boris Onyschenko who was a uh, modern pentathlete, mm. which if we all know, the modern <coughs> pentathlon, yeah. big yep. ticket item at er any sporting event like the Olympics. Um, it's shooting, swimming, running, horse jumping and fencing. <laughs> Obviously a sport that was brought... It's, the person that came up with it was some rich white asshole, basically. Yeah. Because yeah. none of it really makes sense. It's all frontiersman stuff. That, Is it? Uh, yeah. It's, it's, originally it was... Um, it was a, there was another event and it was the sextathlon and you had to build a log cabin as well, but it was taking I way see. too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 1976, Boris went in his favourite into the modern pentathlon. He was, mm. went great in the swimming, the running, shooting. And the horse jumping, he was out in front. Then he got to the fencing. And in modern fencing, and I probably don't need to tell you guys, mm. being big fencing fans, that uh, a point is scored when um, on a parry or a thrust mm -hmm. if mm. you make contact with your opponent and there is a sensor in the sword which then tells the judging panel that you've made a hit. Yes. Right. Now, what Boris did was he worked out a way to mess with the wires in the sabre or the sword or whatever it is so that... The foil, I believe. The foil! That's gold. <laughs> I right. should have looked that up. In the foil. And, uh, and so he was registering, registering hits without actually, actually hitting his opponent, opponent, Jim Fox. Wow. So the way they worked this out was it went off when he clearly hadn't taken a swing. He was sitting having a drink. <laughs> he was. He was doing up his shoelaces. <laughs> and this thing went off and then they went over and they, they basically looked at the foil and worked out underneath, he'd managed to hook it up to his thumb. So every time he pressed his harm, thumb... <laughs> that's, that's excellent. Isn't that brilliant? Like, yeah, I, really I don't that. think he should... I think he should be actually extra points. And you know up what? Stuff like that. Up to the judges, look, do it old school. Just see if it hits. Just use your eyes, judges. What are you trying to use the electronic stuff for anyway? You're just asking for cheats. Well, and it's 1976. Point. I mean, the electronics back then weren't great, were they? Everything was going to go wrong. Did anyway, you, he was right out of the game. Never, never the, competed the best, ever again. The best you ever done fencing? Dishonestchenko. Dishonestchenko. <laughs> and the great. Soviet volleyball team. Apparently, when he got back to the village that night, the Soviet volleyball team tried to throw him out the window of the Olympic village. <laughs> Really? Yeah. As was his own the, countrymen. What happened was the American volleyball team were at the bottom and kept knocking. Have you ever done fencing? I've done volleyball. Can we talk about that? No. I just, Are you about to tell us you've I done fencing? I just remember I did fencing oh, at my high school. God. Wow. Here we go. And I get I get called the rich prick in the room. Yeah, Here I know. I was at a public. <laughs> I was at a public high school. I'd completely forgotten about this. We had to do it for BE. Yeah, but brooms at lunch <laughs> is not fencing. <laughs> yeah. No, we built a fence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys didn't do that. <laughs> Around the ag built the school. Oh yeah. The um the cheat I uh, I, I took some license with this one. The cheat that I uh, talked about that didn't prosper got run out of the game. Uh, we all remember um, the great Tiger Woods. Mm. What did he Two do? 2009. <laughs> 2009, he just won the Australian Masters and he got exposed for cheating, not so much in the, the game of golf, but in the game of marriage. Yes. yes. And uh, boy, did he get run out of that game for good. Right. Um, my favourite thing about this story was um, basically the boldness of what he, he 
done because it, the, the way it gets exposed is he come out to uh, come out to Australia to play in the Australian Masters. Uh, he's in Melbourne, um, and he thought to himself, "Look, I've got a wife; she's not coming. Mm, mm. Uh, I've got a mistress. Mm. Why not bring her?" Okay. So he's brought her out, put her up in uh, in the same hotel as him. Um, unfortunately for him, uh, the uh, the American press were onto it and uh, photographed her uh, leaving. <laughs> Leaving or getting into the lift, I believe. Right. And uh, and uh, she said, "Look, oh, I'm not here for Tiger. I'm not here for Tiger." And uh, yeah, no. Turns out she was. Yeah, right. Um, later admitted, yeah, look, he loves me. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, yeah, his world fell apart. He was uh, basically run out of the marriage game after that. He was never to return. But see, see what I mean by a guy that's that's enjoying cheating. Yeah, because he after was that, getting yeah. high on it. He was getting off on it, yeah. and then when it was removed. No, no good. Play. No good. He couldn't play. Yeah, that's right. Because how many? Because what was his record before that? Like he he won loads. He and then fought four in one night. Four. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he was he was prolific on both fronts. Because he was. It turned out that she wasn't the only mistress. He was cheating on the yeah. chick he was cheating yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Now did that's she, a cheat. Did she have her own hotel room? And did they use one of those like? Funny names. It was like, I'm here to see Pocahontas. Oh, yeah, like Lion. <laughs> oh, Her name was Lion. Oh, was it like Snow Leopard Irons or something? Yeah. Like yeah. completely yeah. different. Tiger Woods, Snow Leopard Irons. Or did well, they like... have one of those adjoining rooms that has the funny door? Ah, uh, oh, yeah. You go through. Two minibars. Yeah. Always good. Well, the, uh, his whole goal was to um, get as many opens as he could. <laughs> like, that's like. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Next thing. <laughs> Mean. Well, Mate, all I'm saying is he's a golfer. He doesn't play one hole 18 times. <laughs> what are you <laughs> Nick, that's I was terrible. Nick, I, was, I like to distance myself from <laughs> Nick's. I was trying curious. to make a joke about being in an open marriage and it came out horribly wrong. <laughs> You're a sicker. Oh, Nick's a sicker. So Phil marking that down. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nick, your turn. Okay, so... Um, my favourite cheater that never prospered, undefeated Billy Collins, met journeyman Lewis Resto in a 1983 bout in New York's Madison Square Garden. So we're talking boxing here. Collins was an up-and-coming fighter, and um, he hoped the bout would sort of propel him towards upper reaches of the middleweight boxing division. So this is just not nothing's on the line. It's just sort of middle, middle of the gra- <laughs> middle of the range. Uh, instead, Collins was battered and suffered brutal facial injuries. Now. Resto's trainer, Panama Lewis, first of all, never trust a person that has a country as their first first name. Mm. It's like Columbia Steve. (laughs) 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 Or even worse, a continent like European Dave. Like, don't don't trust those people. Uh, (laughs) um, But what he'd done is Panama... All right, Kiwi Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Panama Lewis had cut the padding out of his fighter's gloves in an effort to give Resto the edge. So he was just literally, there was no padding in his gloves. Yeah, so that's where he just like cut up to shreds. Um, and uh, the fight was ruled a 10-round no decision uh, because Resto and Lewis were later convicted on charges of assault, conspiracy, and possession of a deadly weapon, a.k.a. Uh, left and right hands. And um, oh. Resto and Lewis went to prison and were banned for boxing for life. Now, the irony of this is Colin's boxing career ended as he was killed in a car accident less than a year later. Ironically, a bit of padding there would have... <laughs> 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 I haven't seen you laugh this hard since we you were talking about the guy that died of cancer before, Nick. You are on fire. Uh, Tommy. Should I go? <laughs> yeah. Um, so story about kittens now. <laughs> Cheaters that never prospered for me. My favourite was this, uh, a gentleman called Donald Crowhurst. Um, mm. His story is affectionately known as the Voyage of Lies. Uh, Crowhurst, um, his deception carried out with tragic consequences. He's, um, he was a, uh, he entered the 1968 Sunday Times Golden Globe race, which is not a, a movie award ceremony. Mm. Uh, it's a sailing race um, and it's a single round the, round the world yacht race. Um, the only thing is this was a terrible idea for him because he was an amateur sailor. Uh, <laughs> he, he had done a lot of sailing. Um, 
and he'd never attempted a lengthy voyage, and especially not by himself. And the main... <laughs> so, so he'd basically done nothing that was required. He wow. was down at the local 12-footers and thought, I can do this. Had a couple was, of I've got, to be on, I've got to be honest, when I come to this podca- podcast, I get a little bit nervous how underprepared I am. Yeah. <laughs> <Imagine>. yeah. <laughs> and so the main reason for entering this race for Mr. Crowhurst was that he wanted to stir up some publicity for his handheld radio detection finder. Um, that he was using because his business had suddenly just gone into liquidation. He was out of money. And this is what I was talking about, a person cheating out of necessity. Right. So he was gotcha. essentially about to... Uh, he, and essentially what it does is it sends out aviation beacons. Um, but what he decided he could do was he was on the boat and he went out really hard and he actually was leading. Wow. And then he realised that actually this is not a great idea. I'm not going to get there. I have no idea what I'm doing on this mm. boat. This is this is a this is a double kayak. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh, I've really taken so the wrong. He equipment. ended up just hanging around the South Atlantic for a while, making yeah, a few sweet. false radio reports about his location. So essentially, he was just hanging around and he docked in uh, in the South Atlantic, and he was just hanging around, <laughs> and he kept making radio reports about him being miles ahead. He was like, "I'm here. I'm here." And they were sending the radio beacons to that spot. So it looked like he was miles ahead in this race. He was having a couple of pina coladas yeah, pulled up on the dock. Yes. Wow. The sad thing is the guy who was coming first by an absolute mile, Nigel Tetley, he pushed his ship to such lengths that his boat started to break because he really wanted to catch this guy. Oh, no. That his boat essentially just fell to pieces. He had to jump into the ocean. And he abandoned his ship. He got rescued, but he suffered from hypothermia and pneumonia for weeks after that. And then essentially he fooled everybody into thinking that he was winning this race by an absolute mile to the point where people there's, were throwing themselves overboard. There's wow. a guy called Nigel Tetley who's into sailing. This <laughs> yes, is. And then, and then he jumps in teabag style into the ocean. Yeah, yeah, Bob's around Bob for a bit. He's finished steeping. Get him out. Yeah. <laughs> uh. What a great story. <laughs> so you didn't you didn't end up with the bit where the, you didn't read the whole story, did you, Tommy? No. No, he killed himself, mate. Oh. <laughs> Nick would like that. <laughs> Look at Nick. <laughs> Having a laugh. Nick would yeah, like that. That's it. That's, now so it's did it. he end up selling any radios? No, no, no. He ended up killing himself. <laughs> he felt so bad. He felt so bad about the guy. <laughs> did you know that, Barney? Yeah. Oh, you did. He I actually, thought you uh, did. guess that. No, he actually did kill it. I just thought I wouldn't bring oh, the mood down like God. Nick did twice. <laughs> God, look at Nick smiling there. <laughs> and his was guilt-ridden. Mm. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. So we've had a bloke die in a car accident. <laughs> we've had a bloke kill himself. Yeah, ironically, you did sailing. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring it up with um, yep. with a Spanish basketball team that <laughs> pretended to be mentally disabled. <laughs> <laughs> was it mentally or physically? Mentally. Oh, so God. I want to talk about the 2000... <laughs> the, the category now... Um, dumbest. The dumbest. The dumbest cheating of all time. Are we allowed to do this? Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> Trust me, Nick. It's okay. just, well, turns uh, out they weren't, Nick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I want to talk about the 2000 Olympics to begin with because yes. it was a real hotbed for cheats. So right. 12 medals had to be stripped for cheating. We know some of them famously. Marion Jones lost her five. Mm-hmm. Lance Armstrong lost one. Lost a bronze. Yeah. Lost a medal. Lost one. Um, and then the, my favourite was the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so, yeah, oh, I just there. got that. No, yeah, yeah, good. Very good. So my favourite was the gymnastics... Chinese gymnastics team lost a bronze because they had... One of their gymnasts was underage, a 14-year-old, which for, for Chinese people, that is out of the blue. Uh, for the Chinese <laughs> team, because they've got no history of putting underage kids to work. No. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> clean skins. Clean skins. Absolute clean skins. Yeah, anyway... So. It's a, so the Nikes for the men's basketball team. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, so fast forward to the 2000 Paralympic Games, which took place a little bit after the, mm. the Sydney Olympics, and the Spanish basketball team. Now, what they did was there was um, there was part of the competition was for <laughs> mentally handicapped people to mm. play basketball against each other. Mm. This Spanish basketball team put in basically a whole team of people that weren't handicapped. Wow. And then they pretended to oh be handicapped God. and That's they the won the gold medal. Well, now, well there's the real shock. Well, no, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an appalling story. So there was one point they were playing a game against China and they were winning by 30 and in the timeout, one of the players has since come out and said this, in the timeout, the coach said to them, lads, move down a gear or they'll figure out you're not disabled. <laughs> 
So they had to peg it back. Holy and you know how they got have, caught? It would, it would have found much. It would have sounded much sexier in Spanish, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know how they got caught? They got caught because when they won gold, there was a Spanish newspaper called the Daily Marca that put a photo of them on the front cover, and then all these people came out and went. Hang on a second. Yeah. I know that bloke. He's not yeah. mentally insane. Right. I, I play yeah. against him. He's, he's my lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> and he so, won that sailing race. You yeah. know, <laughs> he got around the world. Well, he, so, sure enough, they had to hand all the prize money back, had to hand the medals back. And the other thing they did, they took... They took 142,000 euros from the Spanish government that was basically money <laughs> for the How Special Olympics. Oh. even come up with this idea? I don't know. They failed IQ tests on purpose. Yeah. They were intentionally failing, uh, failing IQ tests oh to, to re re report a score lower enough to qualify for the, the Special Olympics. Wow. That's... Low. Very yeah, low. That's, that's, oh. that's the dumbest, though. That's, My oh, God. Of course. That is dumb. Of course. Uh, yeah. J.R. Smith. Uh, James, you're, a, uh, you're a, uh, a basketball referee. I am. Level so, 1B. Level 1B. Tell me what you'd do if a player was doing this. J.R. Smith uh, was <laughs> caught. Um, basically, there's a free throw. Yep. Um, do you want to explain to the people at home? That's where they're standing at the line trying to do a swisher. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> My God. It, yes. Do not say swisher on yeah. this podcast. Are you allowed to double dribble whilst you're doing a free throw? Is that... Yeah, you, you are. That's the one yeah. time you're allowed. Okay. You're just not allowed to travel over the line. Oh, <laughs> oh God. James loves <laughs> like, I love anyway. winding James up, but yeah. this is actually pissing me off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, J.R. Smith uh, is... Uh, he's... He's there, lined up at the side. So free throw is happening. He's lined up at the side. He's lined up next to Sean Marion. Um, just leans down and unties his shoelace. Just, uh, just a little bit of fun. Uh, you'd think it was a one-off. He got warned. Next game, do it again. again. Yeah. Now tell me, um, what as, would I do as a level yeah, one? As a level one you know referee, do? how do you deal with that behaviour? First time I, I call time off. Yep. I call JR aside. Right. I yep. might have seen it. I've yeah. seen what you've done. Yeah. Go back there and do up Sean's shoelaces. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yes. And I'd stop the game and I'd say, and then I'd go double loop. I'd go through the rabbit hole, yeah. round. I'd make sure it's a double knot. Yeah. Yep. I'd get Sean to test him. Second time. Tech him. Tech him. I'd tee him up. Tee him up. I'd tee him up. And I'd yeah. say, mate, you were warned. And he'd yeah. get in my face and I'd eject him. Look at how you played it all out. Because I, I was and zero then, tolerance. When I then, left, I was zero tolerance. Then you yeah. go to walk off. Turns out he's sneakily tied your shoelaces <laughs> together. That's what I was going to say. I said if I was the ref, I'd be like, JR, at least tie them together. Yeah. 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 Is it, I love the just the little double. Because that's a, that's a pretty big trip hazard. Um, he, got shoe fine. he got fined, didn't he? 50 grand. 50 grand. Fair enough. 50 grand. And he said... Place. He claimed after that that if it wasn't for the fonts, he'd still be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no regret yeah. at all. Also, um, his divorce probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he cheated well, in another way as well. He did. <laughs> Surprisingly for a professional athlete. Um, I think he's the second one to do it after Tiger. Is he? Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, jeez. I think he actually trick. came out and said, I can't untie any shoelaces anymore. I can't afford it. Right. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, oh. All right. Uh, listen, we all love pentathlons. Uh, Don't as we? A, as, a, as, a, as a unit. It's and, a um, heavy pentathlon show. As a yeah. heavy, um, and we all love the country. Of You're the listening to the pentathlon podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the pentathlon, uh, pentathlon uh, podcast. Um, now, this is the 1960 Rome Games mm. and the Tunisian modern pentathlon team uh, got off to a particularly poor start. To start off in the equestrian... <laughs> Show jump, <laughs> each member fell off their horse. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Is and that something, that, is that important? I'm not an equestrian. Yes, Tommy, you, you grew up at a private school. You've got, <laughs> you've got ponies. Yes, when Daddy rolled out the Shetlands, we, um, yeah, no, they, it, was, it was a very important part of to the... Stay on the stay on the horse. You have to stay okay. on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like a, like a sheepdog trial where you just <laughs> whistle and it goes around itself. No. You've got to be on it. Yeah, right. you've got to be on it. That's got to be part of it. So they all fell off their horse, mm. uh, followed by the freestyle swimming where one of the athletes almost drowned. <laughs> 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 Almost drowned. And then another got disqualified from the pistol shooting section because he accidentally almost shot a judge. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let me this tell you, these guys are doing nothing for that visa check. Oh, my God. And then, so this is, uh, so to ease the humiliation, during the fencing competition, they, what they did was, is they simply put their best fencer back for each part, hoping that the fencing mask would be enough to disguise. <laughs> <laughs> the same bloke. The same bloke. Every time. Just coming back with, like, maybe paint, painted heels. Or a the... moustache on the front of the mask. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and he dominated, didn't he? The yeah. same guy dominated. Well, yeah. He was he was six foot ten. The others were all five foot six. That was the real giveaway. <laughs> Is this the same guy? No, it's not. <laughs> and how'd they finish? Uh, I think they finished. Uh, oh no, uh, this is how they finish. Uh, they were, the, their cheating attempt failed, and the entire team was thrown out of the games, <laughs> and and shot by that judge that almost got killed. But they calculated their scores, and they found that they were 350 points below the next the next best team, which is like in modern pentathlons, like yeah. a country mile. What was country. your best score in pentathlon? Oh, uh, you know what? Tell I was me. I was in the mi- like 1500 sort of thing, like that. Sort of <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I podium. I podium. <laughs> Well, I mean, I got a royal horse, uh, the one of the ones they didn't want at uh, Sandringham. So we... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even know what that means. It just sounds rich. Okay, I mean, to round it out, I thought this was just su- sufficiently dumb enough to be uh, my dumb cheating scandal. I, uh, I'm a massive Atlanta Falcons fan. I'm a shameless, shameless Falcons fan. And in 2013 and 14, uh, they had some very lean years. Uh, they were 10 of 22 in those in those years combined. So they had a couple of very lean years. Uh, their home attendance, the crowd attendance, was very lacklustre. And the director of marketing uh, put in a scheme to insert a pipe at the Georgia Dome to flood uh, to flood artificial crowd noises into the Georgia Dome <laughs> to make the to make the venue appear louder. But yeah, the NFL caught wind of this and they punished them three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They stripped them of their next three years draft picks and suspended the president, Rich McKay. So adding crowd noise is cheating. Well, I I, I guess so. it is in New Zealand. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> Barney, Barney, we need to... I mean, he got, he got Bar- reprimanded. Barney, we need to stop adding crowd noise on our TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's just called par for the course. <laughs> stop adding laughter. <laughs> uh, Phil, you've got something you want to add in here? It makes it harder for the other team to run their offence when there's when a lot of loud noise up. going on. They can't call uh, audible. See, the mistake they made is they put a golf cl- crowd in. <laughs> 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 well, it, I, I think that rounds out our cheaters. Very good. Enjoyed that thoroughly. Phil, why don't you pick for us your favourite cheating story there? Which one stood out? <laughs> Phil is our audio guy. I really, I really liked... Actually, no, that was a bit dark, wasn't it? Were you going <laughs> to say... They're all, no, the, the sailing one. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, okay. All right, the sailor. I like the Tunisian pentathlon. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> that was I was a big fan, Nick, of your boxing. The oh, the, 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 the other dark yes, side. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks, mate. Very well done. I was a big fan of the basketball. Oh. I wasn't a fan when Barney started talking about it again. <laughs> Swishes. <laughs> and we're going to actually, we're going to put a ban on that in here. You are not allowed to discuss basketball. Mate, he was, he'd done a dribble down the court. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, that's self the po- a contact had to stand beside. <laughs> oh. And he went up for an easy finger bump. I mean, finger bump. Finger bump. Okay. That's it. We're ending this before I punch someone. Um, that's the podcast. As we said, go on, leave a five-star review, leave a comment. We'll read you out at the, at the start. Um, next week's topic, Tommy, any thoughts? Got nothing yet. We're going to wait and see what happens in the week of sport. All right, fantastic. That was the Professor and Barney <laughs> podcast. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see catch you next, you next week yeah. for a week of sport. <laughs> <laughs>